0: Welcome back to another episode of VHS Files Presents The Horror Section. This podcast contains spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. Now your hosts, Josh and Jason. Enjoy the horror.
1: Ahoy mateys.
0: How are you doing tonight?
2: Ahoy to you, sir. (laughs) Chips ahoy to
0: everyone. Milk and cookies. We're back with another horror section for everyone and we have Mr. Eric back in the seat.
2: Happy to be here. Happy to be here, especially talking about some John Carpenter.
0: One of our favorite topics. John Carpenter. Indeed.
3: I like, to, I like carpentry. I mean, that's you know, fun, making stuff out of wood. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're talking about John Carpenter. Oh, okay. I yeah, we were not building, that carpenter. I thought we were building a deck.
2: We're not talking
0: about no. Jesus.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm done building things, guys.
0: <laughs> so, and since we're talking to John Carpenter, I'll go ahead and throw a shameless plug out there. I was just on the Not a Bomb podcast, and we talked about Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which was a box office bomb, which fits their show perfectly. And I had not seen that since I was a kid, so it was fun to go back and revisit that. And if you want to hear my uh, opinion about it, you can go listen to Not a Bomb podcast and check out Troy and Brad's podcast. Those guys are awesome.
2: I'm excited to listen to that, except I'm ashamed to admit I have not seen that movie.
0: Brad had not seen it until he uh, had to watch it for the podcast, so it was a very good conversation. I had seen it as a kid. He had never seen
2: it, and Troy loves it, so...
0: There was a little bit of a a little bit of a debate about this movie on there. It was a pretty good conversation. I'll just leave it at that.
2: I need so. to dig up that that movie and and watch it and then listen to that episode. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'll agree with Troy. I love that movie as a
3: kid. I've seen it tons of times. I used to love the part where he eats and you can actually see all the food in his guts and he pukes it up.
0: Yeah, that's thanks pretty- for spoiling that for yeah, Eric.
2: God never- damn it!
0: <sighs> There's no
3: point so, in watching it care. now. Yeah, that's that's the whole that's the whole movie. That's it. <laughs> Just, that's all you needed. You're good. But no, it's a great movie. But yeah, and we just did the thing a couple episodes ago. We're, on, we're really on a carpenter roll here.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, Eric just happened to say, you know, I haven't seen The Fog in a while, so we need to talk about The Fog. And I was like, well, fuck it. Let's do a horror section and talk about The Fog. Fog it. So that's what we're doing tonight. Yeah. Fog
3: it. We're- Oh wait, we're not doing the 2005 Tom Welling Superman. Oh shit, I watched the wrong movie.
0: Well, then you're just gonna have to sit back and listen to me and Eric talk. So uh, John Carpenter's The Fog came out uh, February 1st, 1980, and with a budget of 1.1 million dollars, pulled a box office of 21.3. So there goes John Carpenter again, uh, making a dime go uh, to a hundred. So he uh, had a small budget and. Did some pretty good numbers with this. Um, this was his next film after Halloween, and we all know he goes on to do a lot more after this, so I'm not really going to get into that because eventually we will talk about those movies on this show, but The Fog was released amongst the likes of Cannibal Holocaust, Inferno, Death Ship, The Ninth Configuration, Eaten Alive, and just months before Friday the 13th and The Shining. I think this was this was February, and those movies hit around March of 1980.
3: I thought the so. uh, first Friday the 13th movie came out in May.
0: May, March, they all start with the same letters, so I'm just putting them in the same category. This was not a movie I saw as a kid, to be completely honest with you. Uh, how about you guys? Had you guys seen, seen this as a kid, or is this something that you guys watched later on?
2: No, I, I did not see this as a kid. Uh, this was me playing catch up. Once I realized I love John Carpenter, uh, Mm -hmm. and I had to just start digging through everything. And, and I really liked this the first time I saw it. Uh, and I think every time I watch it, I like it more, uh, which we'll get into here, but go ahead, Jason, what about you?
3: Uh, me, I was not a a rental. I don't think my mom was too big on it. So it wasn't something like that, but I remember distinctly seeing it on TV as like a teenager, come on late at night especially around halloween the whole month where they would always play scary movies off and on because they'd always you know you always had halloween and, and stuff like that on so they were like playing like a carpenter marathon they would just play different carpenter movies throughout the whole day you know christine and of course this but uh yeah um uh, i will have to say as far as in my carpenter catalog it is down on the list so there, me and eric are gonna have fun talking about
2: this well i jason i tell you what <laughs> It was it was lower on my list, and every time I watch it, it I think it takes a little step. It might take a little step up. I mean, it's nowhere near the top, but uh, yeah, it's it's growing on me <laughs> with every watch. Might want to get a shot
3: for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe might need some penicillin. Get it. Looked well, at. this
0: was. I think <laughs> I may have briefly touched on this in one of our episodes, but there was a big bundle of videotapes that my parents got from. <clears throat> some unfortunate circumstance of someone getting kicked out of a house or something like that. And we got all these videotapes out of them not being able to take them with them. And I don't know what all the circumstances were, but those videotapes had a whole bunch of dubbed movies on them. And a lot of the old horror movies I saw around that time were due to those tapes that ended up in our house. And the fog was on one of those tapes. And I I remember putting it on and kind of, not really being too into it at the time because it does move fairly slow um, and it doesn't I'll go ahead and start the conversation a little bit it doesn't have the same sort of flow as like a a Halloween does or something like that so it didn't grab me right away Mm -hmm. it is a
2: slower burn for sure
0: yeah and um, I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer and we'll talk about you know what we see in that and then we'll get our conversation about the movie started
1: John Carpenter's fog
2: This is KB Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here and
1: let me be the first to wish Antonio Bay a
2: happy birthday. We're 100 She's years She's so hot. <laughs> <are> young,
0: <laughs> Apparently John Carpenter thought so too.
2: Oh yeah, 100 years ago between midnight and 1, something unknown came out
1: of the fog. Now it has returned.
0: I have to say I like this trailer. <laughs> 100 years ago, between midnight and one, something unnatural came out of the fog. Now,
1: it has returned.
0: That's a cool scene. Mm -hmm. 100
2: years ago, between midnight and one, something evil came out of the fog. Now, it has Although it does repeat itself quite a bit. (laughs) I love the glowing fog and the visual of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what time did he say?
3: (laughs) I don't think I got it on the tenth time. He said between twelve and one a.m.
0: Between twelve and one a.m. It's very specific for the day. All right, so the fog.
2: The fog. Uh, Before the before we even get to the movie, I just want to just mention the Embassy Pictures. Uh, Logo, Can we just play that real quick? It's not going to be great for audio, but.
0: For Eric, who is a visual, works in a visual medium.
2: Oh, I mean. It just
0: screams screams 80s, man. Oh, I love (laughs) it.
2: I love it. I mean, that little intro is so rad. I'm going to put it on our Twitter. I love it. That's all I have to say about that. It's just awesome.
0: It's it's funny how things like just the the production company stuff. Like I remember a big part of a lo- my love for movies is like the TriStar logo that comes out with the unicorn mm. flying away, and then like the old Columbia Pictures logo and all of that stuff. Like I remember having a very fond memory of when when you when you would see those, you were like, "Ooh, I'm gonna watch this cool
2: movie now." Yeah, like particularly so- when when they've you know, some of these production companies have gone out of business or they've, you know, like universal has updated their look and that kind of stuff. When you get uh, that, you know, you get that little intro and you forget about that stuff. When you watch an old movie, you're you're not even thinking of that stuff. Certainly I wasn't thinking of embassy pictures when I started watching this, but uh, you know, it, it plays and it does, it kind of brings you back and, and kind of gets you ready for what you're about to watch. Even
0: like horror movies and action movies, like, the uh, Car- Carol Co. Um, ones that would always play at the beginning of, like, uh, Rambo movies. Yeah. And then ca- the the big the Canon logo and all that stuff. Like, those.
3: Yeah. yeah. And what's funny, sometimes, you know, you'd hit the logo and they would have that little bit of a sound bite behind it. Mm-hmm. And you knew what movie it was before you even got to it. Because sometimes I try to do that. It's like, you see the intro coming on, and you're like, what movie is this? Like, you see that Geffen ro- logo roll out, you're like, Beetlejuice? <laughs>
0: That's
3: yeah. the first thing I think every time I see a Giffin movie type thing roll, I'm like, that be, "Is that because well, it's
0: going to be?" 20th crazy. Century Fox was always the one that got me because if at the time if you were watching cable and you didn't know what movie was coming on, if you saw the 20th Century Fox logo and it had the music playing behind it, you're like, "There's like a one in 100 chance that this is Star Wars coming on right now, and I'm about to lose my mind." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, um, but most of the time it wasn't Star Wars, unfortunately. No. But- unfortunately. So okay, John Carpenter's *The Fog*. Right after Halloween, we start off with this campfire story about how this town of Antonio Bay, uh, hundred over a hundred years ago, a bunch of crazy stuff happened with some pirates and gold and all of that stuff. I like the way it opens on this campfire scene mm-hmm. and, and kind of sets the mood for where we're going. Well, with this. you
2: know, one thing about this movie is there are a, a good handful of stories being told this is a very much Mm. you know a storytelling movie and there's multiple scenes where a character is basically telling like a ghost story or telling you know a a a creepy story and it's only fitting that you start at a campfire and this guy's story is awesome the idea that the the sunken ship the ghosts uh are you know are looking for the light they're looking for land so they're looking for that campfire that caused their thing what a perfect way to freak out a Mm -hmm. bunch of kids I love his description of the the bodies under the water lungs filled with salt water eyes peering into the darkness eyes open whatever I can't remember the exact wording I'm butchering it I'm sure but uh it's great and and if you can I'll agree with you Jason this movie is slower and and on my first viewing, I, I did feel the I felt that. Um, but the more I watch it, the more I I enjoy these little monologues the characters get, these little stories. And they're effective. They're creepy. I mean, this is a this is a ghost movie. This is a spooky yeah. that's one thing
0: I wanted to bring up coming off of Halloween being a, a big time slasher movie. And then he goes to do this, which got him in some trouble with his uh, production companies and, yeah. and the deals that he made when he when he made deals with halloween uh, but he wanted to make this movie and he he didn't want to do another slasher he wanted to do this ghost story
3: Yeah, this scene that eric loves was added after he made the movie hmm. he oh. felt this when uh, carpenter finished the movie he said he didn't feel like it was scary enough he was actually like let down by it so yeah. he went back he shot this campfire scene with with that old man i forget i forgot. I didn't his get his name? name, but I get, uh, but, uh, I remember him as being the grandpa on the show, Silver Spoons.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I did not pick up on that. I used to watch Silver Spoons, but
3: yeah. I know he's the grandpa. He, cause you know, remember they were the rich family and then grandpa comes to visit. But, uh, I mean, it's the cool thing, but I mean, there are a lot of the scary aspects that pop up in this movie, which there are like hardly any. <laughs> and he added to it. And I'm like, what was this movie before? Cause yeah. they said originally the movie was only 80 minutes. And then he added all these scenes. I, yeah. He added the, an hour the,
2: the guys on the boat as well. Right. Yeah. I think so. Uh, the, there was a few things the, he added, you know, the, the dudes out drinking on the, yeah. I think he added some stuff there, but, but the
3: one thing I want to point out because I'm a fan is the cool Edgar Allen Poe thing at the beginning. I mean, yeah. I love Poe. My dog's name is Poe because they're <laughs> nice, but I love that is, is, is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, that's a pretty cool line.
0: Sounds like inception to me.
3: <laughs> oh, there you go. Maybe this is where Nolan started just from this right here.
0: Well, I, I do very much enjoy that you get this campfire tale for, and it's really just an old man trying to spook these kids, but then you get an affirmation that, wait a minute, there's could be some truth to this because we cut to father who's played by Hal Holbrook and, and, all of a sudden things in this town just start going haywire
2: right at the time that the story says they will. Uh, even though the story isn't the same exactly, but it's close.
0: Well, that's what I had a little bit of trouble grasping on is they do a lot of repetition of between the hours of 12 and one. And I was, and as the movie started, I, I was watching it with Jenny and I was like, is this movie supposed to take place within the span of an hour? Because this movie's over an hour long, and that makes no fucking sense.
3: Yeah, but it's the next day. Every day, yeah. coming
2: up to the hundred year mark between twelve and one. Was it right. This, they yeah, the they get started a little rise. early, but it. I guess it hits at that time when it when they really hit town when the fog hits town. Yeah.
3: But what's cool when we meet Father Malone, we see our director in front of the camera.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I forgot about as, that. As in uh, <laughs> his name is Ben
3: or Bennett, and it's like hey, yeah, Bennett. There's John Carpenter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's not much of an actor, I have to say. <laughs> the, yeah. The very I, little bit, the very little dialogue he has, I was like, ooh, that's kind of cringy.
2: Yeah, I I read that he was not happy with that performance either, uh, with his own performance, but.
0: That might explain why he never comes back. I thought it would be cool if he popped back up in the movie later and like got killed by one of the ghosts or something. Yeah. It would be fun if he,
2: yeah. Yeah. If he was, you know, walking with his car and got taken out or something like that. I I mean, I
0: liked
3: Carpenter and his little, was it the anthology thing? uh, Body body bags. bags, where He's the, uh,
2: well, he's, I mean, he's going nuts in body bags. He's being a yeah, like total to like ham him. on that, but yeah. He kind of gets to be himself probably. <laughs>
0: that so. was a, a, quite a few years later. Yeah. So he, maybe he was able to work up some chops.
3: <laughs> After working <laughs> with Jamie Lee and Janet Lee
2: and all these people, he kind and Tom Atkins, he took all that in. And that is a cool thing. Yeah. That we have Jamie Lee and Janet Lee in this movie.
0: Yeah. yes, Yeah. Mom and daughter uh, working together in the same movie. Uh, this is our, going to be the first time Tom Atkins, makes an appearance in a John Carpenter production. I don't know if he's ever been in one of John Carpenter's direct directorial movies, but he definitely has been in part of John Carpenter's productions, uh, namely Halloween three. Yep. Um, I want to ask you guys, and this is a pretty common thread throughout the horror, you know, uh, everyone who loves horror, it, Tom Atkins is a very highly regarded, but how the hell did he become this leading guy? Cause he is an ugly. son Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, think- I say that very lovingly. I, I actually have an action figure of him from Night of the Night Creeps, of the Creeps. But, yeah. um,
2: but I don't know like, how highly I, regarded he's he is either. This, it, what, I mean, well, he's
0: uh, he's big in the horror community. Sure, is what I'm sure, saying. Yeah. I but, mean,
2: no, you're right. He's an unlikely leading man, and I think, I think it's his stature. His because
3: he's like a he's a pretty good sized guy. I, like it's just his stature. He can like he could carry the movie literally on his shoulders.
2: I feel like. I feel like there's a degree the of, voice. of of the era here too. I, I mean, now nowadays, as we say sometimes on our podcast, because we watch a lot of older <laughs> movies. Nowadays, you got to be like a handsome dude to, to to be a main character in a movie, and I feel like you know it, when you go back and you watch movies from the '70s and stuff like that. People look more real. They they they're less polished. They look like more like normal people to me. Even like mm-hmm. the movie stars in the seventies. Oh, like they're like they're not Clint Eastwood. Yeah, they're not they're not bleach white teeth and perfect skin and perfect hair. And you know, like they're just a little more natural looking. And that's one of the reasons I love seventies films and. 80s films and stuff i don't know there's there's, a, a, bit there's more, a
0: bit more realism yeah there's a them.
2: polish that has come with film yep. these days that that i don't totally love i i i watch these older movies and they feel more tactile they feel like real people to me a little well more. you think about like we're talking about real i
3: mean look at old clings look at charles bronson yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: that man yeah. is in no way i don't charles bronson's is talk- not gonna be a star in yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's just not I've happened.
3: never heard my mom go goo gaga over him like she did Tom Selleck from Magnum P.I. or anybody like that. But, yeah, but Charles Bonson was a leading man, man. He had a whole line of movies. He was the main star, but it's just something about them that they feel like they could carry a movie.
0: Well, I don't think I would have so much of an issue with Tom Atkins if it wasn't for the fact that the the women that they pair him up with tend to be like 20 years younger than him in all of these movies where he's <laughs> banging them. Well, that's the <laughs> like funny he, thing.
2: Yeah, is, you know, talking about uh, of the era, you know, men being able to, women did not were not afforded that luxury. All the women are still stunning in all these movies (laughs) you know what i mean you still as a woman unfortunately you still had to be gorgeous to be leading and and men men got a little pass for 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 not being so but uh and
0: honestly in a movie like this you've got you've got two female quote-unquote leads here i mean you have quite a few female characters in this movie Mm -hmm. and but if you were to switch the characters of uh, Stevie Wayne and what's Jamie Lee Curtis's character's Elizabeth, name Elizabeth Elizabeth if you were to swap the actresses like I would have a whole lot easier of a time with Adrian Barbeau and Tom Atkins being a thing because they seem to be pretty relative in age like Jamie Lee Curtis is still like this is only a couple years after mm-hmm. Halloween she's just right around 20 21 years old mm-hmm. and Tom Atkins is you well, know, almost forty. Yeah, you know? it, it, when
2: they when, when it cuts to them, you know, waking up in bed together, you are a little like, "Oh, really? Okay." <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but Tom Atkins got the end of the movie because
3: of Adrian Barbeau because they're friends. Mm, She's yeah. the one who got him in the movie, right? And brought him the John Carpenter. So that's how he got his start. He and, and I mean, you even got two well, two bombshell ladies, basically, I, Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, and then Janet Lee in her day during Psycho. She yeah. was a blonde bombshell back then, she and Nancy
2: Kyes. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Well, it's we going. We're going. She to was refer Nancy, her Nancy, as Nancy Loomis, Loomis back then. Yeah. You know, yes, because Nancy, that's what she was. Yes, on Nancy Halloween. Loomis. Yeah, true. Um, and you know she's gorgeous as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just, I think she's uh, up against Jamie Lee Curtis and and um uh uh P J Souls and Halloween. So like she's one of three there in this movie. I I I actually was like, wow, like. How did I not notice her more in Halloween? Because mm-hmm. I find her pretty attractive in this movie, like nice. just following Janet Lee around and kind of them two nudging at each other and giving each other shit the whole time. Yeah. It's and- a
2: fun little dynamic they have. And, 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 uh, mentioning Halloween that, that was one thing with this watch for me. Um, I don't think I've ever watched the fog so closely after watching Halloween. And that the similarities that very much changed my perspective. I enjoyed the fog more this time than any watch I've had with it. And I think it's largely because I just came off of Halloween so recently Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, obviously you have some people from Halloween in this and it's so close after Halloween. It really feels like it could almost exist in the same universe, you know, the Carpenter verse, Uh, you know, I I, I don't know. The vibe just worked for me this time in a way that it hasn't previously. Well, I know Carpenter originally when he made this
3: kind of like how he did um, imagined Halloween when he did fog, he was going to try to make it an anthology. He wanted to do a fog like anthology. And I think that's why we get all these stories Through the movie, is I kind of wondered later he was going to use each individual story as another movie, you know, and how they could all tie to get tie back to you know maritime ghost stories and stuff like that. Because I mean, in
0: in retrospect, I would love to see that shit now. Uh, Yeah, that'd be kind of. And I mean, that's the thing too. Like us coming up, uh, being children in the eighties when these movies were being released, and not really knowing the backside of the production of it, you know. Carpenter's plans that he had for Halloween and this and stuff like that, that he wanted to do back then. He had a very big scale scheme that he wanted to do for these movies that just he couldn't afford to do or the studios uh, wouldn't let him do because he created a character in Michael Myers that was so iconic. Um, So obviously they want sequels of that, but I would have loved to have seen John Carpenter go down that anthology road and just kind of keep that theme going. And he he could have I think that would could have been something else. And if if he weren't pushing 80 now, I think I would it would be one of those where like, hey, uh, we want to let you do what you wanted to do back in the 80s now. But I don't know if he'd really have the the drive to do it nowadays. He just wants to sit and watch basketball and play video games now. So
3: And, and write songs with his son. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds which like I, I would love.
0: I would love to catch one of their performances. They toured oh, yeah, me a couple too. years ago. We can go together, was, brother. Yeah, like, I go. would love. We should That's make
2: all. a trip for that. That would be that would be very cool.
3: But how about yeah. them and Gunship oh. concert? <laughs> yeah, <that'd be> fun.
0: <laughs> which could potentially be a thing because John Carpenter has worked with Gunship, Gunship. so yeah. and Laserhawk opens the show. Yeah, there you go. That would be <laughs> that would be like a dream come true for me. <laughs> One thing I, I do want to bring up about Tom Atkins in this, too, is his character's name is Nick Castle. Yep.
3: Yeah, there's a few characters in this movie named after either, because Nick Castle was a guy who played Michael Myers in Halloween, mm-hmm. the original Halloween. One and, of the guys. Yeah, one of the guys. And then you had uh, Tommy Wallace in this, which is from Tommy Lee Wallace. He mm-hmm. He actually went on to direct Halloween 3, but he was on board with most of these Carpenter movies when he started. So I was like, all right guys, where are we, were we writing the script? And like, I don't know what to name this guy. Oh, let's just name him after Nick. Okay. What's your name? Oh, it's Tom. Yeah, I mean, they've done it with Loomis uh,
2: already <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and other examples as well that I can't recall, but yeah, it's, it's fun when they kind of play the name game and.
0: And we've got Dean Cundy behind the camera again.
2: I mean, which absolutely uh, shows, uh, yeah. man, I, like all the out outdoor stuff um, on location stuff in this I love so much uh the the, yeah, the it, coastal shots the 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 beach, oh man, it looks so good. like yeah. I love all yeah. that on location stuff.
0: There is a shot of Adrian Barbeau getting to the radio station and walking down the stairs Mm -hmm. and the shot of her going down the stairs and just looking at the seascape and everything that's out in front of her. Mm -hmm. I I distinctly remember saying to Jenny, that shot is
2: awesome. Yeah. And I love the, I love that the, the promos are playing on repeat during that sequence, but I, we haven't gotten to that point, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great, uh, great images in this. I mean, um, I love the aspect ratio. I love mm-hmm. the, uh, like the, the, in, in the opening credits, since we're right at the beginning, when, when the gas station pump falls on the ground, the pump yeah. handle, and it's just laying on the ground, pumping gas. I mean, that looks mm-hmm. incredible. The scene where she's driving, uh, and, and it's just kind of a, it's framed around the, the windshield looking at her driving through that, uh, the, mm-hmm. the beautiful Hills, uh, on the cliffs and stuff. God damn right. I mean, gorgeous gorgeous yeah Eye candy yeah because that's when we first get uh, where
3: Eric's talking us we first start getting our that first fog bank moving in and they're talking about it and the town's going crazy like chairs are moving doors are shuttering car lights are on horns like you said the gas pump falls off yeah the lit, the car lift in the gas station is going up you're yep. like what the hell is going on what you you think later after I see all the cars in this movie automatically I'll go Oh, this is how
2: he got some ideas for Christine. Yeah, Christine. Christine was just one of those cars which drove away yeah. and yeah. appeared in its own movie later. That's
3: what it is. One of the ghosts is in the car and went on down the road. There you go. That's it. You
2: can tie them together.
0: Yeah, and I don't think John Carpenter had even met Stephen King at this point.
2: And and just you know these are these are sort of basic ghost things, right? Uh yeah, like you're, you're describing. Standing. But I mean, I love all the phones ringing. And you're just mm-hmm. seeing that stuff has such a Carpenter feel, uh, just sort yeah. of like empty streets, you know, that sort of kind of a little creepy, empty e- nighttime. You, you know, you see stuff like that mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Uh, Precinct 13. You see stuff like yep. that in Prince of Darkness, these sort of night scenes that are just sort of unnerving, you know?
0: We touched on this briefly on Not a Bomb, and in, in like the first 10 years of Carpenter's career, those movies really kind of run even the stuff that he produced um, because Dean Dean Cundy was attached as a cinematographer to a lot of those movies. Not even though John Carpenter wasn't directing, like a lot of the same crew is doing those movies. Carpenter's just producing. And like, that's, I I, I said on the show, I was like, Carpenter is the director I've been watching all my life that I didn't realize I was watching (laughs) Uh, because there are so many instances where like big trouble in little China, for instance, I would have never thought it was a John Carpenter movie as a kid. If you would have told me that the same guy that directed Halloween did Big Trouble in Little China, I would have told you you're crazy. But looking at it now, I'm like, "Oh, this is totally a John Carpenter movie." Like okay. you see DNA of his style the, the the longer he goes, and that's what I love about him. Like you you almost know exactly what to expect out of a John Carpenter movie until you get to something like Memoirs of an Invisible Man, or like when he had to work with studios that did a lot of the control, like he wasn't the independent filmmaker anymore, yeah. so he wasn't calling a lot of the shots, so that's when those things started to kind of go go to the wayside. I like that Jamie Lee Curtis is back here. Um, she's a hitchhiker that is picked up by Tom Atkins in a old as dirt truck that, that is featured throughout the movie.
3: Hey, dude, that is a late 40s Ford truck, because I've helped restore one just like it. Yeah. And
0: I think it's a pretty damn good jump scare when they're driving down the road and the glass just blows out of the car like that. I jumped when we when I watched it this time because I forgot it was I forgot it happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's effective. And and all all the glass breaking in this movie, you know, starts to add up and they start to go, what's going on? You know.
0: But in the midst of all of this crazy stuff going on, the glass blowing out of the truck and everything, I mean, during this time, we also go back to father. What's his name, Jason? Malone, Malone, Father Malone, and uh, Father Carl Malone. <laughs> <laughs> he played the for sh- the Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> the walls shake, and uh, a one of the sections of of the wall pops out, and then he sees that there's a something hidden behind the wall, and that's where we get this diary that becomes kind of our like tell throughout this movie as to what's going on as we go through.
2: Right the um, the, the journal reveals that the the town has uh was founded the founders of the town rejected a leper colony that wanted to move in uh, uh I guess a mile away they wanted to and they were uncomfortable having having a, a leper colony so close to them it's pretty shitty yeah it's not a good look
3: yeah yeah we find out later what really happens but we just get the first glimpse of this town has got some dark history
2: right and they're about to celebrate their 100th, 100 year yeah, 100 year anniversary. Yeah.
3: And maybe that's why the, the town is shaking and car lights are on and gas mm-hmm. is pumping all over the ground. We don't know yet.
0: And one thing I found f- kind of funny about Hol- how Holbrook being in this role is you're used to him being kind of a very likable, funny character. And in this, he is completely like deadpan and you don't really like him too much, even though he's a, a priest, you know, it's, it's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs>
2: okay. I, I mean, I, yeah, he's, he's funny. He's, he's like a drunk.
0: Yeah. yeah
2: Do the whole movie pretty no. much. Mm-hmm. Even when Ben's trying to get paid, he's before he drinking. even sees this stuff, he's a drunk. He's a, he's miserable yeah. before all this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When John Carpenter's trying to get paid for the work he's been yeah. doing, he's like, uh, come in at six o'clock tomorrow <laughs> and I'll pay. <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah, he docks him two hours just because he wanted to get paid. Well, come in at right. No, you won't get paid. No, you're
1: not coming to six.
0: But they introduce us to Stevie Wayne through the uh, through the radio station. Um, and I like that they kind of have her set up as our narrator or framing device for the movie. She's the one who's going to kind of lead us through the town, uh, kind of give us the, the geography of everything that's going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and of course we've talked, Adrian Barbeau, beautiful, beautiful young lady. Um, I like her presence in this. However, the longer the movie goes on and the more she's on the radio doing the "hoy, mateys, like, it starts to grate on me a little bit. Really? Like, oh, yeah, a little bit. I
2: don't know. I, I like it every time she talks like that. Yeah, I like, don't. Hey. I don't mind it. Um, I, I, you know what's cool is in horror movies communication is always an issue, right? The phones mm-hmm. don't work. The phones are out. You can't call so and so. You can't. You know, one person doesn't know what's uh, uh, going on with the other person. I like that Stevie is sort of a central hub. And she can communicate with everyone, but everyone yeah. else can't communicate with each other. So we have mm-hmm. times where people call in to her, tell her something and she can share it so that or if she sees something, she can say it over the radio and people can mm-hmm. hear it in their radio in their car. It's a really fun kind of, you know, it's how everyone kind of gets information in this movie. And it's a, it's a yeah. fun way to to divvy out that info where some people can get it some people can't are they listening to the radio or are they not mm-hmm. you know she she doesn't know if they can hear her she's just putting it out right. there mm-hmm. it's a fun way to kind of play with communication yeah
0: and I like that they set up her and uh Sheriff Brackett from Halloween I don't have yeah. the actor's name in front of me but another uh, yeah another another star from Halloween comes in here yep and I like that they've never met each other. Uh, I presume. It, it, am I wrong in assuming that? I think I don't think they've ever met each other. No. He's the weatherman. She's the radio person. And he just calls and gives her the weather. Yeah, because um, he's
3: he's saying that you know, hey, we would need to meet because I think at one point he's trying to hit her up to go to dinner so they can actually meet.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I like the I like the conversation between them, and I like where it goes within the movie later too. Um, how they don't know each other; they just are voices on a phone. And then how that plays in later is really cool to me.
2: Part of why I don't mind the radio stuff with her is that she actually, you can see that she struggles sometimes to put on that radio voice. She's stressed. She's worried about her kids. She's stressed about different things at times Mm -hmm. and she, you can tell it's work, you know, and it's her job and she's a little overwhelmed by it at times. And she has to put on that voice, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that that radio voice she has to be on for the radio and right and that's why they call it, it a radio personality right and if she wasn't if she didn't have that i think it would start to bother me but the fact that she has to put on that face for mm-hmm. the, the radio and it kind of gets to her i i think it it works for me
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah well it's because of her uh because of the dan
3: and i'm talking back and forth about this fog bank that is moving against the wind that mm-hmm. yeah. dan says and Uh, we get our guys at the seagrass, and she just calls right out to him on the radio because he's got, like you said, communication. They're away, I think it was like 30 miles or something out. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And there she's talking to the guys on the seagrass. And again, because of that voice, they're just like, oh my God, you know, it's, you know, Stevie's calling us out, and, and they're fighting over. Who knows? Actually knows her or met her and stuff on the <laughs> Right, the, boat, the guy
2: you know? that saw her at the at the uh, grocery store. He says you would want to meet
3: her.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Because it's that voice that that means it just puts it on. You know, you're like, ooh. I mean, it's Adrian Barbeau, we see her, but the voice makes it better.
0: But the scene with the boat and them out out in the middle of the water and this fog rolling in. I, this, I'll go ahead and say this is probably my favorite scene of the movie. Um. I like that this fog just rolls in out of nowhere and you don't get to see what's what's surrounding them. But this big, huge ship just rolls in next to this little boat. This is our introduction to these ghost pirates or whatever you want to call them, the lepers. I think these guys look amazing. You don't see much of them. But I think they're creepy as
2: shit. The less you see of them, the better. I think the moments where you do see them more, like at the end, is less effective. I <laughs> I, I like the fact that we don't see them. You see an arm. You know, you see their arms a yeah. lot. <laughs> Reaching in through things. And I like the bang. I like the bang on the door. Doom, 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 doom. Like, that. that feels like something that's almost iconic. It's not quite there, but almost like a
0: scary stories to tell in the dark sort right, of thing. Right, like, like a yeah. a thing
2: that would become like a movie, uh, like a like a a, a famous movie thing is that that knock, and it's just not mm-hmm. quite unique enough to 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 be that, but it's almost there. It's it's right. it is because they do it a few times in the film. They take that mm-hmm. hook and they just Ooh. kind of bang that hook on the door, and yeah, uh, it it works for me. It's it's creepy. The all the I like when they open the door and it's just like a wall of fog, you just cannot yeah. see anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder how much fog juice they use for this movie. so much fog juice, bro. <laughs> but
3: I, I got one thing to point out this the movie boat, is juiced, yeah, it's juiced <laughs> because I mean, we, we just did the thing and we did the movie Tremors. What is it with movies and the
2: generators gone out? Oh, I made a note of that, dude. The generator. <laughs>
3: because we got a generator
2: later we do we got another generator and we got a generator right here it's, it's a problematic machine generators go generators out left and right hey i mean if i'm ever in a situation where i have a generator going and it goes off i i'm gonna be on my <laughs> highest alert let
0: me tell it's you it's gone eric
2: because <laughs> yeah, you either got an
3: alien pulling it down a ghost or or a graboid coming yeah. after you if your generator goes. <laughs> Either out. way, you're in trouble. It's it's never good when the generator goes. I'll out. put it
0: on my list of when I get the Delorean. I'll go back and I will <laughs> figure out what the issue is with all the generators. And I don't remember what it was I said in the in the
2: <laughs> listener question episode. I, but yeah, you um, wanted to fix a. Uh, well, we can't say we'll spoil. No, we're fixed. Episode. We're fit uh, yeah. <laughs> which we Got to listen to the we're listener questions
3: episode for that. That's we're gonna, right. We were going to fix a certain arachnid movie. <laughs> so that's all right, seeing. right, right. Um <laughs> But yeah, the generator goes out and then we get our first basically kills of the movie too. Yeah. And they're and
0: pretty gruesome. Yeah, they are. I mean, well, I mean, that's one thing about this movie is it's not super bloody at all. No,
2: no. In fact, uh I could use a little more.
0: Yeah. Personally. And and that's probably what Jason was talking about with Carpenter is, yeah, like you need a little bit more here. And, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but it'll come up towards the end and, and some of my feelings about this movie. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it seems to be a little neutered. I'll go ahead and just put that out
2: there. Yeah. It, it, they could have stretched their legs a
3: little bit on this one. I do have to point out that the guy that actually sees the fog on the boat, uh, he's the Tommy Wallace character, mm-hmm. but you know who that guy is, right? His name is George Buck flower. He's also our park bench guy from back to the future. <laughs> oh man. That's, that's, That's a, a deep cut. That is a deep cut. Because he was also in They Live and Pumpkinhead. Because when I saw his face, I'm like, he looks so familiar. Who is that? So I had, you know, doing our research like we normally do, it, and it come up, Back to the Future. And I went, oh, he's Park Bench guy. Yeah. So I can't remember the character's name in Back to the Future. But- I
0: thought I had a good, like, super, like, super deep cut. Because the kid in the movie, Adrian Barbeau's son. Andy. Andy. He resembles... um the, the younger Brody in Jaws. Mm,
3: yeah, he does. And I,
0: th- and I thought it was him. And I was like, is that the kid who played Sean in, in, in Jaws? And I looked it up and it's not. I thought that would have been a nice yeah. little tie to John Carpenter and St- uh, uh, Steven Spielberg.
3: Another one, when I saw that kid, because I, I thought he was one of the Lawrence brothers.
2: I can just, see that too. Just yeah. look
3: at him recording like he's a cousin or an mm. old, older cousin. Because it's like, is that one of the Lawrence?
2: A distant kids? cousin. <laughs> Before we leave this uh, this attack scene, boat scene on the boat, yes. I just, a couple notes I just wanted to get out here. One is the score is awesome during that scene. Yeah. Uh, yes. There's just like this droning sound that really brings this feeling of dread uh, yeah. as these guys slowly realize that they're being boarded. Uh, I also want to note the reverse fog, which mm-hmm. you get some reverse stuff in a lot of Carpenter movies. I, mm, I, yeah. I think of Prince of Darkness, oh, uh, nice. and, and and amongst others. But where where the fog is just basically in reverse, but it's basically getting sucked up, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is effective. I I like that stuff. It makes me uncomfortable. It looks weird. You know what I mean? All
0: the all the work they do with the fog in this is really good. To the me. fog work. Quality yeah, fog, fog work. work. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's a combination of using the fog and the lights yes. because a lot of the times when the the, the pirates or ghosts or wh- whatever we want to label them as during this, um, whenever they're around is when you have a whole a whole dense fog around wherever they are plus the lights shining in so you really can only see that, their silhouettes
2: right they're backlit and i like that that's yeah. that's
0: all you see like you can't see past that at all and i think that's really effective and makes makes when they do show up that much more creepy
2: right and yeah. and and that's where it's a little less effective at the end while they are still backlit maybe in the vhs era uh you wouldn't see as much detail as you do now in hd but you start to see some of those cracks there and it doesn't Mm -hmm. look as good but when they're when they're fully mysterious and backlit and you Mm -hmm. maybe just get an arm uh or a hand reaching in that stuff is the best stuff in this movie as far as creep factor goes
3: right because like right after this this is where the dan and stevie are talking and then we see that yeah, Nick has got some major skills because he's already got Elizabeth in bed, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, and the fog's rolling into his house, and he's got the knock at his door. Yeah, and but this time you see the knock, but his doors are glass, and you can
2: actually see a figure standing yeah, there, yeah, knocking on his door. And I, man, the dialogue of them in bed together is great. I, uh, you know, yeah, carpenters, you know, some of that stuff isn't always awesome in carpenter films, mm-hmm. but. I really like that scene of them just hanging out in bed together and they're kind of talking and they're kind of playful with each other and kind of, you know, they, they don't really, he asked her what her name is, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. Far into it. Well, Hey, we we just hooked up. So what's your name? But that's a very natural, I that's, it's a nice little moment that I don't think I noticed in previous watches that I just wanted to mention.
0: I just always I'm always taken aback by how quickly he gets her in bed so I think I get distracted yeah. when they're having the conversation because I'm just like god dang he's already banging this chick
2: I like Nick ah. in this movie he's 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 smart he's kind of your character that goes something's wrong he wants to investigate he wants to figure out what's going on you know he's yeah. he's a seasoned uh, I don't like. I don't even know semen. what he does in this town. <laughs> he's a seaman. Yeah. Seaman. He's a seaman. Uh, salty. Yeah, he's a <laughs> salty guy, and uh, he's. But you know, like he he's <laughs> he's a pretty brave dude. You know, like he wants to go find these dudes that you know the, the ship that's gone missing. Mm-hmm. He the wants grass. to figure it out. He's he's an active protagonist, which is always enjoyable for me. I think the one thing, I, I I I guess I never picked it up in the other one, because I know the whole
3: witching hour or whatever you want to call it is 12 to 1, but remember mm. when he opens the door, the ghost is, because right as he does it, his clock or something breaks, Yep, and it, it dings, and then it breaks at 1 o'clock, yep. and I was like, oh, well, I guess they can't kill anybody after 1 a.m. because, you know, that ghost disappears in the fall. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I Oh, that's interesting.
2: Well. I didn't even think that. Yeah, they just yeah. ran out of time. He could. Yeah, that's the he twelve to one. Yeah, that's why God. he didn't. He didn't get killed right there. Yeah. Okay. That's because yeah, you can well, see
3: him like picking the hook up. I never picked that. up on that. Boom. I just thought
2: like, why didn't they kill him right there? But yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
3: At one o'clock.
2: So yeah,
0: hey, that's what that's thing what keyed for. me into the fact that oh, this isn't going to happen over a twenty-four hour period. And then we obviously cut to the next day, um, with Stevie's son finding the little. He sees a gold coin in the rocks. Yeah, and then the waves rush over it, and all of a sudden, it's a piece of driftwood. It Says Dane on it. it says Dane on it. Which, it's, I mean, if I were a kid and saw something like that, I'd be a little more apprehensive to picking that up and taking it to show mom.
2: No way, dude! You find, oh, you find a piece of, <laughs> of of a of an old shipwreck? Oh. Are you kidding me? That's like the find of a century. I'm, I'm talking goonies, about finding bro. a
0: gold coin that turns into oh, a piece well, of shipwreck. Well, you know, kids, you know, you know.
3: But I want to point out something about that, about that, because we were talking about the score earlier. The music right there that keys in after that, I wrote the note because I mean it's you know it's Carpenter, but Mm -hmm. if you go back and listen, it just and it's not all Carpenter. It seems like he threw in some influences for a lot of movies because we, me and Josh did Phantasm. There is some Phantasm type music playing there with a little exorcist thrown in over the top of it. i get
0: the exorcist like crazy yeah
3: if you but that because he throws because carpenter's always done it but he's never done that high pitch like that that ding 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 you know like high high and it sounded a lot like phantasm like later what he normally does with a little piano exorcist sound in there i was like and i am
0: a big fan of carpenter's scores but this one is the one that's like the, the pitch he gets with that one is a little too high pitched. Yeah. Like it's to the point where like, you're re- you're ready for that scene to be over. Cause it's like, okay, this is, this is too much on my ears. <laughs> I have to
2: agree. Yeah. That part is a little, is a little hard on the ears after this is probably my favorite shot in the film. Uh, mm-hmm. When he's running back home and there's a shot from inside the house it and it's looking out the window and it and it Mm -hmm. shows him running back to the house and then it pans across the family photos and then it comes to the door and he runs in man that that shot is so good i mean so good it Mm -hmm. i mean what it does for setting the scene for giving you information about the family Mm -hmm. uh you know all that stuff and it just looks incredible uh, man i i just gosh i i'm gushing i've been gushing for weeks you guys we've been i've been gushing on every damn movie we're watching but
3: i really enjoyed
2: this this well, watch well, my man.
3: favorite part is we get to say adrian barbeau and you know a nice you know silk nightgown in bed
2: so that's the best part i remember you this. little creep <laughs> <laughs>
3: dude adrian barbeau was hot back in the day
2: she so. was gorgeous yeah yes so much
0: so that john carpenter decided that he was gonna um Ditch Deborah Hill and, and go with Adrian Barbeau. That was some controversy, yeah. controversy around this movie.
3: Mm. John Carpenter, you bad boy. We still love your movies, though. That's right. Might not prove of your choices of how you handle your <laughs> women things.
0: So. And it goes into the scene that we we talked about earlier about Stevie walking to the radio station. She's taking the driftwood with her, and then you get that awesome shot of the the coast right there where she's at the lighthouse doing what a the location. radio show. What a cool yeah. spot. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, and it's a real place. I mean, it's still there to this day. I believe I would love to go. Oh, see that how cool place would that be? Just, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. And, um, but if <laughs> they let you know where this place is too, I don't think Antonio Bay, I think the Antonio Bay is a fictional place, mm-hmm. but um, if you didn't know, this is Antonio Bay. They let you know quite a bit in this movie. Well, Um.
2: she's doing her promos (laughs) and stuff. She always has to mention the location. Plus they're talking about the, the, what is it? The centennial. Would that be Yeah, Yeah. the hundred year? Mm -hmm. Uh, which, which, by the way, we should mention we've got, we've got, uh, Mrs. Williams and, and, and Sandy Mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. to, you know, they're, they're going to talk to father Malone about, uh, doing a prayer or speaking at the event right uh and this is where you know he he's kind of spooked now dude i mean spooked i don't think is the word like he lays it out and it's just like uh okay father are you okay yeah but you want to you want to talk about coming off halloween father malone jumping out of the shadows Scared the shit. Oh out of yeah, me. when they're
3: walking through, he's
2: like, ah, that man hops out of the shadows like Mike Myers, and it's the weirdest jump scare because he's just like, "Hello," and but he comes out of blackness. They should yeah.
3: have done. They should have done the Michael Myers shot with just the corner of his face yeah. lighting up slowly, and then he reaches out. Hello. Because well we got the, it's actually two there's two things going on we got this going on and they found the seagrass and now they're aboard the seagrass too this is going on at the same time as this conversation and it's
0: abandoned they they can't yeah. find anybody on can't board
3: find, yeah uh, Elizabeth and Nick are there checking it out and noticing all the gauges are exploded and, but mm-hmm. and the temperature gauge froze at twenty degrees. And stuff like that, and they're checking out the boat. But then you, at the same time, we're hearing all this. You get the kind of the scary thing going on at the church with Father Malone reading them some of this stuff.
0: I and, do like uh, how they bounce back and forth between him and the shots on the boat. Yeah.
3: And then Tom Atkins gives us his ghost story.
2: Yeah. So mm-hmm. you get you tarot- get two stories here, and I I like I like Hal Holbrook's performance reading the story. He's very nervous. Mm-hmm. He's very unsettled yeah. reading it. You can tell it's almost like he's not telling a story from in the same way the old man in the beginning is telling a story to be entertaining. He's reading it on almost like unwillingly. He doesn't want to read it. He doesn't well, actually, that's one of my problems with the movie because he stops reading the book, and and until the end, it's like, dude. He, well, I mean, he he actually says, "I can't read anymore," and it's like, bro, right. you need this information. Yeah. Keep reading. Yeah. And well, he's gr-
0: he's spooked because he is tied to the bloodline right. that that caused the problem here. So I think that was enough for him to go, "Shit!" Like I'm part of something that is is a big deal and is going to end up being pretty bad for this town.
3: Well, because his grandfather wrote it. Yeah, it's his grandfather right. who did all this stuff going on. So I mean it's kind of disturbing. So I mean even his grandfather was a father Malone and he is still Father Malone. So I could see where that's kind of like ooh.
0: But that we get we get the we get the ghost pirate uh the, the Blake. He yes. names talk about Blake, Blake in this
3: in the ship Elizabeth Dane.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Which if we're going back to that piece of driftwood that says Dane on it. Yep. Uh Stevie has taken this to work with her and this is a I don't know if I really like the scene so much, but I like the effect that they do with her placing the the driftwood on top of the the cassette Mm -hmm. decks and it starts to seep water out of it. And then it, it changes from saying Dane to six must die like that whole thing there. And especially with the water rising up out of the driftwood, I think looks really good. Yeah. The the
2: water seeping out of it is a great effect and it's a great idea. I I like the idea of water in this when they go to the, the seagrass and the, the engine's been flooded and the, the mm. body they find has been decomposed underwater for, but it's not even wet. Uh, the yeah. lungs are full of water. Like there's all this water damage, but nothing's wet. Uh, all that stuff is really kind of a cool idea. Could you guys make out the, I mean, I know she had the promo plan
3: when she was in there and this happened, but do you notice that the voice change? Cause I know like the, the water and the electrical and things. Yeah. It sounds like something's actually being said at this little demonic type voice sound type thing. I didn't
0: catch it when I was I watching couldn't Make it out. I could the first it. scene, but I was watching some clips of the movie and I, I, yeah, I caught something there, but I could not make out what was being said. Yeah. Um. I do find it hilarious that conveniently there's a, a fire extinguisher sitting right next to her on the ground <laughs> it's like yeah yeah like that is <laughs> it's a- like i have a fire extinguisher in my house but it's like under my sink and it's so like if a fire broke out my ass would be running to joke to go find a fire extinguisher it's so convenient in movies how fire extinguishers are literally an arm's length away from the people that need
3: well, them what would you think she's in the top of a, a lighthouse and this round room its not very big because we see that when she's later running in the movie mm-hmm. and, and it's a business. So you got to be fire safety, you know, got to have fire marshal for OSHA, all this kind of stuff like that. So yeah, I could see it being right there. If you want to, you know, I'll go with you it, on you that,
2: Jason. Know. It's she's, I mean, it's you know, she's, room. yeah, she, no, and it's uh, round.
0: Good Lord. Jason doesn't even like this movie and I can't even get a win here. <laughs>
2: guys. Well, you know, I mean, if she has a fire in there, you know, no fire truck can get equipment. to it there's yeah you got to yeah. put that shit out quick you got to be ready but i agree Come it's on, right josh it's right Think literally ahead. within arm's reach uh so yeah it's a little convenient <laughs> <laughs>
0: um when, when the body falls out and scares jamie lee curtis i love that yeah you
3: get that you get and that scream queen scream man
0: yeah and the look of the eyes how the eyes have just like sunken down and, and just the, 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 the effects on the face there I think are really really cool and creepy. Definitely. Um so I'm sure where we're at no, <laughs> I, I I was kind of half paying attention here with Janet Lee's character, but I'm I'm led to believe that her husband was one of the guys on this boat. Yes. Am I from I correct? the
2: beginning he didn't come he, home that night. So i has right. uh, been he, increasingly nervous about yeah.
3: that. I think he's the captain. We got the guy that was our park bench guy from back to the future. He mm-hmm. was the other guy that got killed first. She had the two guys and then the guy that was with the generator. Right. He's the other guy, I guess. Yeah. That's her husband. He's, I think he might've been the captain.
0: I don't think any, any widow would be at a point where she's like, well, are, my town's a hundred years old. I still have to speak at the anniversary blah, blah Like, uh, like that, she's, that doesn't really sit well with I me. I think but. she's,
2: she's trying to stay busy. So she doesn't freak out, you know, uh, uh, Sandy, is it Sandy? Keep her mind running. Yeah. Sandy, Sandy. says you should go home. And she's like, that's the last thing I should do. Cause she's just going to sit at home and, and worry about her husband. Wow. So she, she's just trying to stay busy. I think it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, it doesn't bother me. We, we get, we get that body that, that they find on the, on the boat and we bring it to the mm-hmm. doctor and, um, the doctor is uh napoleon wilson from precinct 13 darwin mm-hmm. Joston. so that was a fun presence to have not that he has a whole yeah. lot to do but it's fun to see him <laughs> show up in there and i like i like how they, and they do this because i mean he like
3: you just said earlier eric where he's talking about the body is like it's been deep underwater for like months or something what they're saying there's i no think way he says like
2: he that. saw somebody underwater for like 10 plus days and this is this looks longer than way yeah yeah way worse
3: than that but the cool thing about it is right before this i guess you can see in the distance that the fog is starting to roll in Mm -hmm. way in the distance i think it's a shot with andy and then we get the whole i call i wrote it down is this whole scene is very michael myers the whole scene even the shot because elizabeth's standing there you see the sheet move and yeah. then the shot from under the table with the boots hitting the yeah. ground is like, all I can picture is Michael Myers in his coveralls. Yeah. <laughs> Walking up to
2: I scare I can see her. that. Definitely the, the boot, like putting the foot down, you know, it kind of yeah. feels like, yeah, dude's My creeping. biggest
0: issue with, my biggest issue with this scene is it's, it goes nowhere. I, I, I kind of wish that, that it could have gone somewhere a little more other than the body just falling over once the, the well, once ca- she sees it.
3: He carved the number three on the ground.
0: Well, I I understand that, but I mean, I don't. I that doesn't satisfy me in this scene. Like, I, I well, you don't if, like if the number gonna, three, Josh? If, if if no, I love the number three actually. But <laughs> it's the magic um, number three. But uh, like, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna set that scene up for me and and creep me out like that, give me some. Bigger of a payoff than carving a three on the ground. Like I just that scene. I
2: agree. That's that's has the potential
0: the, to to be really good, and it doesn't work for me.
2: Yeah, that's part yeah. of the slow burn of this, and and why I I think on on my first couple watches it was a little slow. I you, mm-hmm. yeah, it has to kind of grow on you, I think. But yeah, there not as much happens in this, you know, and that's a fair
3: criticism. Yeah, I think this is about the time of the movie where. Stevie's starting to get freaked out about the whole board. Nick is thinking something's going on. Here's her on the radio, and they're talking about the fog moving in because the fog horns are going off. and them two actually have a conversation on the phone because uh, him and Liz are at the bar, and yep. he hears her thing, and he calls to talk to her because I think the two of these are thinking there's something really wrong with this town going on with this fog. yeah, because yeah. she, our- she had that and the stuff that they dealt with.
2: Yeah, our characters are starting to converge now. Which is nice to kind of get all these people coming together, that, you know, because they were all separate in the beginning, and they're they're coming together and realizing what's going on. Well,
0: since we're talking about our characters and they're starting to come together, let's get to
2: almost famous.
0: I know
3: that dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy?
0: What, what's
3: his name? That guy who was in that movie that was out last year.
0: This is a pretty stacked cast for 1980, I think. Uh, but at this time. I don't think a lot of them were knowns. I mean, obviously you've got Janet Lee, the the first screen queen here. Mm-hmm. Her daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, at the time, was just out in Halloween, so she wasn't a famous person. Tom Atkins is kinda prime real estate for our Almost Famous because you see him, but and he's he's a very underground cult status sort of star. Like I said, he's big in the horror community, but I think he's a good little candidate for Almost Famous here.
3: I think uh, him or even Adrian Barbeau, because I mean she was known, but she was never a Janet or I mean a Jamie Lee Curtis. True, she was all like she did swamp things. She did a lot of more like Tom Atkins. They kind of stayed mm-hmm. in that role of film. I mean yeah. she was a sex symbol for a while in the seventies and the eighties and stuff like that. And uh, but she never and she comes but
0: she comes back to work with Carpenter and Escape from New York and yeah.
3: So you know,
2: mine was, was kind of mine was Hal Holbrook. Um, yeah. you, you might say yeah. he's too famous to be almost famous. I mean, he's an Emmy and Tony Award winning actor, but I don't know that he's a household name, and he's been in so many things, uh, yeah. you know, as recently yeah. as Lincoln. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's worked for a long time. Uh, well, so. I think
0: the thing with him is you see him in these more polished pictures nowadays, and it's kind of funny to, to go back to a movie from early 80s and see him in in a John Carpenter horror movie, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think he's yeah, good I would, in this I would, too. I would, I would, yeah. I, I, I like him.
3: Yeah, I, I do. I think I would go with Tom Atkins or Adrian Barbeau.
0: I also wrote down Nancy Loomis, but I mean, after ever, this, she didn't, didn't really, don't do really see much of Nancy Loomis again. Um, yeah. She's in Halloween three. Yeah. But I, I can't, I can't recall her being in much after, after that. Um, yeah. That's why I'd I
3: have to go with the two of them.
0: What, um, I mean Tom Atkins. I mean we could we could name an award after Tom Atkins. He's one of those stature of uh, like underground cult actors. It's like if you if you are a big fan of the movies he's in, you obviously know who he is. But any normal Joe Schmo would see him and just go, "Oh, he's that guy from the '80s." I don't know his name. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? Yeah,
3: we're gonna give you the Tom Atkins Award.
0: It's the Tom Atkins Award,
2: <laughs> which you would have thought it, it's therefore- the tw- it's a, he's
0: twenty years older than you, and he's gonna bang you award.
2: Yeah. he's going to bang me.
3: <laughs> they give it to no, the guy who plays the older guy in the film who bangs all the 20 year olds. in the, the film. Right. <laughs> That's what it is. He's he's the dad banging the 20 year old co-eds. That's what it is.
0: So, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned that Nick calls Stevie because he's starting to figure out that there's some crazy shit going on in the town. And I initially I think he is going to the radio station to meet up with her. Am I right? They
3: leave yes. there to head out to the because uh, we see the cool truck again flying down mm-hmm. the road, but she sees the fog moving in and it's getting close to her house.
2: Well, the weather yeah. the weatherman yeah. gets oh, yeah. her. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah.
3: weatherman uh, Dan gets. Uh, that's what taken turns. Out by that's what turns
2: yeah. t- uh, Nick around. Is is she gets an update on the fog and yeah. and she and she's on the phone with isn't she on the phone with Dan and he, get, yeah, he gets yeah he's calling. Yep. And
3: then that's when she goes because they see the fog out. on
2: the radar, which I don't think that's how fog works, but maybe it is, I don't know.
3: <laughs> well, if it's dense
2: enough, it will. I mean on a doppler it, or something, I assume, but yeah. not not that. I don't know. That felt a little funky, the little radar. Well, thing. I mean,
0: how how you know,
2: weather I don't mean. know. I, mean, I can't how, speak <laughs> with any authority on on weather weather monitoring devices from 1980. <laughs> How dependable
0: are our weather, weathermen, really? So, <laughs> uh, but I, I like the scene with him. I mean, she's trying to tell him that there's potentially an issue there, and he's he can hear her on the phone. But I, again, we've got a cool shot of him opening the door with this dense fog and a light shining. You can't see anything yeah. other than that, yeah. and, and I mean, it's 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 kind of. They've set up enough playfulness between him and her, and him kind of giving, like, like hitting on her a little bit. That you're almost sad yeah. when he does get the, the the hook in the neck. Yeah, he's you know, they, a. They a, never do get a chance to meet each yeah, other. Yeah, he's
2: a likable presence, and and you don't mm-hmm. want him to die. And and her panicking on the phone is adds to the. And tension. didn't I hear that
0: actors coming back to be in the new Halloween sequel? Uh, didn't I hear he's making the he's Jason coming back as Sheriff Bracket?
3: Oh. oh uh i don't know but uh i'm trying to remember uh i think so i think i think, he is. I think it, a I think handful
0: a, of people from from halloween are coming back on, for halloween will, kills yes he is
3: yes in halloween kills he is yeah. he is lee
2: bracket in halloween kills yeah
0: i think that's cool as hell
2: that's very I, cool I, I, i'll be excited I to like see that him he's again. coming back totally
0: yeah
3: there's a f- there's a few people reprising their roles from when they were children or older yeah. back then so
0: um Now Stevie knows that this stuff is coming towards her house and her son's there with their nanny. And this scene's a little heartbreaking to me because this little old lady gets taken out and like, she's probably other than the kid, like one of the most innocent people we see on screen. Mrs. Cobritz. Yeah. Miss
2: Cobritz. I love this beach house too, by the way, before we get into Cobritz with all the open windows, what an awesome house, man. I want to live there. Is it free yeah, now the, that the Miss Kobritz was murdered there? I'll move in.
3: <laughs> yeah, but the thing that leads up to this again is the fog coming to town took out the phone lines and took yep. out the generator for the town. <laughs> and yep. then Steve, yeah, has the whole power po- power plant is out. Yeah, yeah, the whole power plant's out. And then she knows what's going on, so she gets her generator started, and that's when she gets this. You know, she starts getting scream. the banging on
0: her door, mm-hmm. and
3: well, no, not like, yet not yet this is when she goes back she's screaming to 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 send people to her house for her yeah, son yeah. she's telling everybody if you were listening to this go to so and so address and that's when they turn around in the truck to go back yeah. to andy's house ha- to go help out andy from stevie hollering on the radio. when he
0: bang when like when he turns that truck and he <laughs> like, you would think he would just slide it around and it'd be like a fast and the furious sort of thing but he you can't quite cut that truck that way. And he has to like drive over the the people's lawn to turn around. No, there's
3: no power steering in those trucks, so you, you, I mean, just to fight that wheel, just even to get it to turn. Yeah. But yeah, the, that's when we get the. You said Miss Cobritz. Cobritz, yeah. yeah. And Andy are at the house. The fog is rolling in. You get the banging at the door again. And of course, just nice Miss Cobridge, you know the babysitter opens the door. Hey, is somebody here, <laughs> you know. Her
0: death's got a nice jump scare too. Like, like you're expecting it coming, but it almost like it's one of those where like if you play music, like it hits on the two instead of the three. three. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it comes in early yeah. and kind of gets you. That's a great point. You know? Yeah, it. it, it you're yeah, because
3: right. yeah, cause Andy turns as he turns to walk out of the room. It's like, yep. It's just yeah. like that for quick and cause he don't even hear anything. Cause he's in this process of walking away. And then we get, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. It's not one of my favorite Carpenter movies, but I, I was sitting there watching this. And I'm like, does the kid die? <laughs> I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. Like I couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, cause they're beating the, the ghosts with the hooks or beating the doors. Yeah. They get, like, like, they get pretty
2: I'm close. They get pretty close. Like, Candy
3: man's here. We got hooks coming through the <laughs> door. You know, and I'm like, what's going on? I know what you did last summer, 10 minutes ago, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, is the kid going to die? And then, of course, you know, Nick and...
0: Liz the
2: castle saves up. the day. Yes, a complete stranger at your window says, come with me. <laughs> I would,
3: if I was a kid, I saw a man sitting in a window like this, I'd be screaming at know. <laughs> yeah, like, well... <laughs>
0: what are my options do i go with creepy dead pirate yeah. guy with a hook or do i go with a guy i just just met like and he's trying to get me out of the house so like yeah. i would take option two i would go with nick if i was yeah
3: that, uh, yeah i could agree with that but yeah hey. nick he's a badass D- bust the window open pulls the kid through the window i mean it's a good mm-hmm. thing he didn't have cuts all over him because there's just glass everywhere
2: yeah. you want to nitpick a scene yeah nobody gets <laughs> cut for all the breaking glass in this movie
3: very right. True, Eric. nice to point that out
0: but that's- you would think with him heading that direction to go to the radio station he stops and gets Andy um, like one thing I, I didn't expect when I originally watched this and it still kind of takes me back when I watch it now is we never get someone going and saving Stevie she's
2: at the radio station the entire time here's a question I think that's pretty ballsy like well here's a question I have for you guys that is a real question um she says on the radio. She kind of apologizes to her son. Yeah, um, I have that here. And kind of me. says like, you know, it's kind of like her duty to stay at the radio station because there's like a, an emergency. It's, it's essentially mm-hmm. what she's saying is she has to be here to tell the town where the fog is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of apologizes to him. And I'm thinking, is she? Does she? Did you know? Because she could see her house from where she's at, right? She's got a vantage yeah. point. Does she know yeah. that? that Andy's been rescued and he, and she's trying to navigate them through the town. Cause she's saying it's coming up this street coming up, or does she not know at all? And she's saying the, my duty to the radio is more important than getting my own son to safety.
0: Well, I think she's got this existentialism of being a mother at this point of like, I have this thing that I have to pertain to here. Like I'm going to be what helps get us through this night. I think she's realizing that. And the, the reality is like, she can't do anything about saving her son. So she, at this point, it's just a plea. If anyone can hear me, please help me. Right. And then it's just like, she has no clue. So she's already starting to put her last little like Testament out there to like, you know, if you hear this, know that I'm sorry. If you don't, this is me. Like, laying my soul out that I I'm trying everything I can to help you. You know, it, it's a, it's a very like heartbreaking moment for the movie.
2: Yeah. I mean, her, her desperation when she's trying to get somebody to go for her kid is a, is a God. good performance, I think. Mm-hmm. Cause I
3: think that's what she does. It's like, I mean, cause she can see her vantage point of being so high above the town. I mean, she can see the, the town laid out street by street, pretty much. Obviously. But I mean, she knows that she'd holler somebody to help Andy. She knows that the fog bank has now moved over her house and is inland. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what she's saying is like, I hope my son is alive. But if he isn't, I'm still going to say I'm so I'm sorry. But if he
2: isn't, oh, well, he's just a kid anyway. Who cares? Yeah, I I don't know. For, For me, for me, I I want to think that she sees their truck get him and she's helping them get away from that works for me better. I wish it was clearer there. Yeah. Uh, the Uh, idea that she just like uh, sacrifice, I don't know, as a parent, I I feel like you, you would just run right into that fog to get your kid who cares. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's a little weird. I, I, it's a little murky there. I don't totally know how to read that moment.
3: Well, my thing is, it's like, I mean, she knows it's there and there's nothing she can do she's driving a volkswagen thing the thing goes like 40 <laughs> miles an hour top speed you can ask our buddy uh, richard who owns one down the road from john yeah. mm-hmm. i don't think they go that fast i don't think they even have seat belts so she knows there's no way she can get there in time but i think she's just accepting the fact that she's just hoping that he was smart enough to stay inside and somebody said but i don't think there's no way no how she saw them pull up to save him and leave no none no. I'm gonna take that happy little place you're at and take it away. Eric, well, to be honest, no like, way that she saw that. If she can <laughs> say honest, what road
2: it's on, I, I agree. When they show her her sort of her view of the town, you can't tell anything. But she's saying it's coming up this street. It's it's turning. You know, it's it's going up by this building or whatever. The whatever.
1: Well, she seems to have a very on.
2: clear view of the town and where it's coming. You'd think she'd be able to see if a car pulled up to her house, but maybe not.
0: Well, if if the fog has reached her house, then she's probably blinded by that. So, true, you know, yeah. But I mean, they that, got that, that, the movie. The movie is called The Fog, Eric. I mean, did you
2: watch it, Josh? Yeah, but, but they weren't in the fog off. when they drove up. The fog had We're just trying to, you know, we're, we see their car. They're not in the fog yet. Anyway, whatever. We don't need to. We're trying, debate we're trying to take
3: your right. Rain- the world is not rainbows and unicorns. Sorry. We're taking it. I'm It'll telling end. you
2: what I want to, what I want <laughs> to believe out of this, that that Stevie didn't just didn't go, ah, my kid's dead. Anyway, moving on.
3: I have to protect the town.
2: Yeah. Anyway, I got to play more jazz. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> you know, that, that jazz. It is a great part of the movie, and and I like the songs that they choose in different moments, uh, like when the mm-hmm. weatherman dies. There's kind of a sadder jazz kind of song yeah. going, right. and I guess they chose jazz as as the genre of the radio station because it was cheaper, uh, rights wise. Probably so. Uh, <clears throat> probably yeah. But I like it. I like the jazz music in the in the movie. Just but yeah. You know, well, since you mentioned you, it.
3: Yeah, and you can tell right here they're trying to set up. The, something to do because I mean we found the whole thing at the church and she's telling them it's clear at the church. Cause at this point, uh Sandy and Janet Lee's character, I, I forgot her name. I can't believe I forgot. Mrs. Williams, Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. Yeah. They have left the yeah, I mean, this is where
0: all of our characters really start to convene together. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah so, you know, something's going on because she's telling them to go to the church. Cause there's nothing at the church, but the whole town is now covered in fire. And it, even that scenes where the, um, three of them nick and liz and andy are in the truck it is like the fog is chasing them everywhere they go the fog yeah. moves in yeah and, then they turn uh, and it comes this way
2: janet lee even says at one point it cut us off <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> i thought that was All funny the there i, I also
2: think it's funny the that the church that the fog uh kills the phone lines too it's just like yeah. a little too aware yeah. of like you know because they're from 100 years ago uh yeah, like, and like it's just funny that they they come in and it actually shows the fog going up the 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 pole the, the power the, pole, the, pole or whatever the phone the, line the pole, pole. and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like it's like oh you the fog knows to cut the phone line damn so yeah, the scenes
0: of the fog rolling into the town too i think all of that's really effective oh yeah really that's like cool for sure
2: and i yeah um but, uh, yeah, it was funny. It cut us off. Like, it knows where we're going. It, it was basically driving them all to that place, essentially.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're getting to our finale. All of our characters are convening together. Let's talk about some quotes. You're going to need a bigger quote. I have the tagline. Jason, what's the tagline?
3: Oh, I only found one. And I think it's okay. I don't know how I feel about this one, guys. Tell me what you think. Let us hear it. It says, lock your doors, bolt your windows,
2: There's something in the fog. Hmm. Well, that's one of my quotes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) A mist. Um, (laughs) That's one of my quotes. There's something in the fog, uh, which I think is creepy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, One that I wrote down. Actually, the quote
2: is something came out of the fog. Sorry. But yeah, something came out of the fog. Still, basic idea. It's creepy. Yeah. Go
0: ahead, Josh. Uh, uh, one that I wrote down was when Jamie Lee Curtis uh, and Tom Atkins come across each other, she decides that she's going to jump in the vehicle with him. She goes, let me ask you one question. Are you weird?
3: Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the last guy wasn't weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cause Cause I, 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 yeah, I am weird.
3: <laughs> Yeah, she's like. Well, obviously she she's a little weird and kinky. She's freaking hooked up with him the same day he picked her up. Hello. Uh,
2: yeah, she's she's hitchhiking and hooks up with a guy she picks up while hitchhiking. God, her her poor yeah. father.
3: Uh, <laughs> actually, I didn't think there were that many quotes, except for maybe the stories. If you want to consider that a, a long quote, the story.
2: Yeah, there's. But I'm going
3: to go back to the one I said at the beginning with the whole Edgar Allan Poe thing. I th- I
2: love that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I got, I got a couple. See
3: yeah. Go ahead.
2: Uh, Stevie. She says nothing but water Stevie, but it's better than Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Over that's the, good. over the water. Um, I don't
3: know. I'd want to be there. I love their pizza.
2: Yeah. Uh, Father Malone says our celebration tonight is a travesty. We are honoring murderers.
0: Yeah, that's good. i kind of a good one. I like that one. Uh,
2: after, after they find the body on the ship. Uh, she says, Do you, did you see his eyes? He's like, yeah, I saw right. I saw his eyes. Or I saw the eyes yeah. or whatever. Because they were super creepy. One of the creepiest things for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, um my other no. fa-
0: my other favorite is uh Stevie. I mean Ahoy Mayes. Yeah,
2: yeah. That is a fun I do love the I mean, maybe it's just because I watched uh the Lighthouse recently, but <laughs> I love this sort of like <laughs> maritime, you know, yeah, seafaring lore and 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 all that kind of stuff it's 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 kind of just a nice little sliver genre To you, you could and, watch and, and, this with that as a little double bill that would be a fun
3: and one. y'all all live in a beach town so
2: yeah not not quite <laughs> for that, long not, not, not for, for long for another week uh i also uh i i also have blake i have your gold i liked that line which oh yeah, yeah yeah that's good
0: um one thing i wanted to bring up did you guys know that uh the guy who portrays Blake, the the ghost Blake, is Rob Botton. The guy who does the oh, effects. Oh yes,
2: yeah. yeah, that is very cool. I remember reading. I, I that thought
0: that was a really that. cool little nugget of information when I was doing research. I was like, "Whoa!" That, I thought that was really cool.
2: There's lots of those with with these movies too. You know, like yeah. Carpenter working with a lot of the same people and bringing them into different things. And- like I
3: yeah. Yeah, like I said about it in the the thing episode that we did. I, he started, I swear he kind of set this in motion in Hollywood where I, I'm a director and I'm going to keep using these people over and, over and then you had like Tarantino do the same thing later. And then mm. Nolan does it now where uh, Scorsese too is too. Taran- I mean, you know, yeah, Scorsese, I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: What's funny is now Tarantino is using the recycled people from John Carpenter movies. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Russell has been in like the past three Tarantino movies.
1: Yeah.
0: That's true. Um, so I, we're at our we're at our grand finale. You've got Stevie at, at the the lighthouse. You've got everybody else at the church. Um, we really kind of find out just how much Father. Um, one more time, Jason Malone. Father Malone um, really is just not putting any effort into anything. He fails to read the rest of the diary, which yeah. would tell him what's going on. Uh, this hole in the wall. He doesn't decide to, to investigate any farther, and they find a giant gold <laughs> fucking cross in the wall. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
3: well, because. <laughs> Because it Nick reads the book, because he, he runs back in there to get the journal that he dropped as the fog's rolling in. Right. Yeah, he reads yeah. that it was, his, the I guess, the original Father Malone. Mm-hmm. Remember, the city had conspired to set the campfire up to make them crash so it would kill them to go steal their gold after the fact. Mm-hmm. But I guess Father Malone ends up taking the gold, telling them, I guess, he ended up stealing it from the townspeople and he formed it into a big gold cross
2: and had to hide it and hid
3: it in the wall so yeah we you know father malone's family is
2: kind of fucked kind of a couple (laughs) things about this cross one is if it was cast out of gold it would be at least a few hundred pounds and an old drunk
0: with it at first it does seem like he's having a hard
2: time yeah, holding but, on to it, but if it, if it's solid gold, I'm right there with yeah, you. Yeah, he's like acting like Hal it's. Hal
0: Holbrook is not carrying that fucking thing yeah,
2: around. <laughs> he's acting like it's maybe 50 pounds, but it's be more like carrying 300, 400 pounds or something. Yeah. Hey, dude. Um, the, the power of Christ compels. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Maybe so. That's <laughs> maybe where so.
3: it goes, bro. Yeah, we've learned this already.
2: Yeah, Father Malone has has not skipped leg day. Uh, he is one strong son of a bitch. <laughs> Secondly, what's the point in stealing a bunch of gold if you're just going to cast it into a cross and put it in the wall? I mean, yeah, I why not spend it? Make that, a whole lot of
3: sense. Well, I think that's what it was. Is I think after he realized what he did, being a man of God, he was. That's why he took the gold from the city people in in or the township and hid it and that's the only way he felt as though it w- could be redeemable is to hide it and nobody have it. Yeah. He- After you cast no.
2: it into a cross for no reason. Yeah. but
3: Well, he cast it into the cross just for, I guess, maybe he thought one day you know God or somebody would judge him, but he turned it into a cross. Yeah, I mean, maybe
2: he thought that would
0: protect him if he, if he took this thing that caused all this evil and made it do some good in the town. I don't know. I mean, we can speculate on that all day long, but they definitely don't give us any any kind of inclination as to why he did it in the movie whatsoever well
2: and we also learn as the as the ghosts or whatever start to attack and break into the church which again you you get a lot of arms through windows but it's effective i love that it looks so cool and um i actually there's one particular shot you you learn that they don't give a shit about crucifixes because this arm reaches in and it swats this crucifix yeah. off the wall and it spins on its nail and falls down clearly yeah. they're not afraid of sacred ground they don't care about crosses that none of that stuff's going to save you <laughs> from these <laughs> guys you know
3: well you think about it well the i mean the church having something done been involved with what happened to them i think that that's why that that, that place holds no power yeah. because yeah. it's partly responsible for where they're at but the cool part of all this going because we have stevie back at the lighthouse let's talk about her being that girl's got balls dude she's a boss bitch dude she's fighting the ghost off and not only that she climbs her ass on top of the lighthouse
2: yeah
0: that whole rooftop sequence with her and those two ghosts is awesome particularly when the one comes up behind her
1: yeah
3: and yeah. T- she takes a hook to the freaking shoulder, and she pulls that motherfucker out. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh no, I'm gonna hit you in the face. And that's the first close up you get of one of the ghosts, where he's all like maggots. And, and that I do and like, like when she,
2: out. I do like that shot. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's rotting and and slimy and yeah. yeah. She, mm-hmm. She's holding stuff.
3: her own with these two ghosts. She's actually fighting back where everybody else just kind of gives up. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. and then we get the uh, where like you said, Father Malone, you know, freaking holding holding that huge ass. 300 pound cross. Yeah. He does cross out (laughs) there. Yeah. It goes out there and he's calling out Blake.
0: Well, what I like that the way they, the way they set this up is they're all in this room and it almost makes him out to be just as cowardly as we think he is throughout this movie being as though that he's just concealing himself from everything. He's not reading. He's not, he's not doing the research, but once they find this cross, he takes it and leaves the room, and I even wrote a damn note. I was like, "Father is a goddamn pussy." Like, um, he's taking it and running. Like, I, I, I again, like, I haven't seen this movie a whole lot of times, and I don't remember a lot of the the, the, the details. And I, I thought he was gonna go off and do something heinous, but he actually is taking the cross to go give it to Blake. He's like, I'm gonna end this. I, right. I realized that my family did something terrible, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the right thing here.
2: It does seem like he's, he's stealing it or trying to escape with it at, at first, but yeah, he, yeah he's yeah. he's gonna face Blake and and try to right the wrong that was happened. And 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 you know, I I do like the look of of this. I I mentioned it before that you know, on HD you can kind of see some of the some of the creases in this and stuff, but. Um, I do like the, the, the overall look of the room. The guys are have come into the church and yes. and this sort of standoff. And, and I like that Blake has the glowing red eyes. Yep, yep, definitely. And, and the glowing yeah, eyes are the, great. And that this is where the gold cross pays off is yeah. that moment where it it's sort of, you know, the all the light and Blake takes it and it's sort of that. That image of Blake taking this giant cross and all the light and it's glowing and that mm-hmm. stuff looks really cool.
0: Yeah. And then you you know, and that's I mean, that's kind of like he's I saved the day. Like they take their gold, everything the fog rolls out. I mean, you get those awesome shots of the the, the fog rolling backwards and leaving the town. Um that's kind of where this movie gets me a little bit is. You've got a very vast cast of characters that are in well two different places, but mainly in one place, but like this movie has very minimal deaths in it,
2: yeah wow yeah.
0: for for a, a horror movie or even a ghost story or anything like that, like there's very minimal death in it. yeah, you um,
2: could you could dial up and kill a few more people. And, yeah. and maybe I think at least about 13 or 14 more. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, and it's not even the fact that some, so many people survive, but like all of our main characters make it out of this. Like usually within a movie that you're, you're attached to some of these characters, you lose some of them. Like Halloween, yeah. for instance, you, you, you are, you, you're with these, chi- you know, uh, PJ souls and Nancy Loomis and, and Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie, you feel for them when they do, when they do die. Yeah. Our biggest and- loss
2: here is the weather, man. And yeah, yeah, we only get a couple yeah. scenes of them. So yeah, I agree. And, There's
0: and miss cobert's. I mean, oh yeah. we <laughs> don't know, we don't know much about her, but this little old lady did not deserve to die the death.
2: She died. Well, well we don't know. It. Maybe she did deserve it. Well, Maybe she did.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the thing at the end of this, we had the sign that says the six, you know, everything had to do with the number six. Mm-hmm. And the father even says, you know, after the they disappear because he gave them the cross He's muttering to himself, says, but I was supposed to be the sixth or something like that. I was mm-hmm. I, I'm the end of the, the bloodline or whatever, because they had killed five people and he kept yeah. saying I'm the sixth. And it, then we get the fog rolling back up under the door real mm-hmm. nice and slow.
0: I love the last shot of this movie. Yeah. Love it.
3: Yeah. And then we, and get there the was a
0: there, there is a longer shot where they don't cut away and you actually see how uh, Holbrook's head like get chopped off. Hmm. But they, they cut it for the final scene. And I
3: want that shot. That
0: been- yeah, if you go on YouTube, you can actually look it up. It's it's the, the fog ending uncut and it's a very quick scene, but you see the sword like go through the neck and his head come off. That's so, fun. I'll have to yeah. check that out. Um, but ultimately, I mean, we'll go ahead and get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. The
3: good, the bad, the ugly. Can I go
2: first? Why go for it.
3: Because you guys, your guys will probably be a lot longer than mine. How do you know? Uh, oh, trust me. <laughs> uh, my good, uh, love the score through the whole movie, except for the high pitch where they kind of threw in four different movies scores over the top of one. Right there at the uh, the gold coin thing, uh, and I love the cinematography. The, what's his name that we keep talking about? He's been in. He shoots all Dean Kundy. Dean Kundy. Yes, I can't think. I love. Like, because it's very Halloween, and me being such a fan of Halloween, it's like you're watching a Halloween movie that's not a Halloween movie as far as the way the movie Mm -hmm. is shot. Yep. Uh, the bad, the movie's not scary. I don't even consider it a horror movie. This movie could be like a PG horror movie. It is weird that it's rated R because it doesn't feel like it needs to be. I mean, it's and it's it's slow, it's a very slow bird. Uh, not a fan, like I said, it's down on my list for carpenter movies it might be just right above ghost of mars so it's that low uh my ugly you guys keep talking about like you love it some of the fog effects in this movie are horrible (laughs) they're they are bad example oh the main one when it's like rolling over the top of the hill when it's coming down to her it's it's just horrible and some are you talking about
2: like the post post stuff where it's like lit up and stuff like the post production stuff cause there's some there if seems to be reversed, some post stuff that it looks yeah, you know it hasn't like, aged super well but
3: yeah like even in the city when it like the like the big shot when it's out when the fog is rolling away and when it's coming in it's so late like it's just laid there you could tell that it was definitely an effect that laid over the shot film and it was just like it, it just doesn't it doesn't do it for me I mean I, I think it's good. I mean, we have some effects like that in the Evil Dead where they do the reverse of the fog. Yeah. You know, you definitely oh, yeah. know that's reversed. Carpenter did it a little better than some of those shots, but yeah, the fog, just some of the fog effect. I mean, I like the lighted fog when it's cool and eerie with the pirates there, but just some of the fog by itself, it's like, no, it doesn't hold up. So. All
2: right, that's fine. Okay, y'all roll it <laughs> Now y'all can check. Like I said, you guys will probably go longer than me. Eric, go ahead. Uh, good is, and I'm going to make a, uh, I'm going to make a meteorology joke here. Atmosphere. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Do I get a rim shot, Josh, for that? Yeah. No. I'll
0: have to put it uh, in and post. Right I, don't have it. I, don't, I don't have it on the mixer anymore.
2: <laughs> He's here all week, folks. Uh, no, the atmosphere, the mood, the music, the, the you know, like you say, the cinematography. I, I just really like the atmosphere in this movie. And I, I know that it's a little slower and I agree you you could have added some deaths added some kills uh maybe brought a little more action into this but I love the atmosphere so much and and uh uh, so that's my good uh let's say the bad is is what I just said add a little add a little few more kills just to kind of give us a little more to carry us through and ugly is just uh one little uh Production problem, effect problem. Uh, when Mrs. Mrs. Old Lady uh, Cobritz, Cobritz opens the door, there's a t- there's a moment where the the fog reveals the uh, you can see through the fog and you can see the set behind the fog. Wow, that's uh, getting
3: really particular. I didn't even. Yeah, see yeah. It's
2: just you can see like a, a wall like behind it. You know, it's clearly not outside. <laughs> uh, that's my ugly. Very very small
0: all right my good is uh i love the way the ghosts uh, look in this i think they're very creepy i think the close-up of the face with the maggots and stuff all over it is really good um i don't mind even though it's old 80s makeup and you can kind of see the cracks in it i think they're very effective uh hd does not do a whole lot of good for it nowadays but on vhs i could see this like really creeping me out as a kid definitely um I like, the, I like the fog. I like the fog effects. I like the way they use it in this. I like how it's, when it's reversed and going away. I think all of that is very cool. And I think a lot of that um, might be due to the other good thing about this movie. And I'm going to say Dean Cundy. I mean,
2: Cundey. Dean Cundey makes this
0: movie for me. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously this is a John Carpenter film, but I think uh, part of getting a John Carpenter film is you're also getting a Dean Cundey DOP. I mean, um I just love the way this movie looks in general. Um, the bad for me is I don't think Janet Lee is good in this at all. Uh, I think she's kind of a pointless character. Woo! And uh, dude, that
3: Well, one th- Go ahead, then, Jason. Your, dude, yeah, there's one part where I think she talks continuously for 2 minutes straight like there's not a period or nothing. Yeah. Well, that's the it's character. Like, well, you... She's she's yeah, but, uh, this
2: you know very. Involved. I don't think she
3: was utilized very well. Being that as Janet Lee, she should have been utilized better. Hmm.
0: So. They should have killed her in a shower. <laughs> you know Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they
2: should have killed her though. I mean, we talk yeah, about one right. some I more mean, kills in here. They could have killed her. They could have killed Sandy.
0: Yeah, I mean, as much as I don't like seeing Nancy Loomis die in Halloween, and I would have hated to see her die in this. Like, those were two prime candidates of some, some more, some more of a body count we could have got yep. from this movie. Yep. Um I hate how many times they say Antonio Bay in this movie. It, it really bothers me. <laughs> Where was this uh, movie? You, oh, get that, okay. you get that from being put in a, in, a, in a radio station with someone who's announcing it all the time, and then you've got the town anniversary going on, so you're hearing the name of this town so much throughout the movie that it really starts to grate on me. But what I think this movie really suffers from is, is it is his movie right after Halloween, and you can kind of see he's still in that area of... He had something special with Halloween and maybe tried to carry it over to this and it didn't work as well. Uh, there's particular parts of the score that sound a lot like Halloween, and yeah. that kind of bothers me. Yep, um, it, it, It's just, it's hard to, to, to distinctly tell the difference between the two in, in some parts and that I don't think works all that great for me. But I, I, I will, I'll... Room. I'll still listen to it. I still think it's a, a good musical piece, but it's very similar to Halloween. And um, I think one reason we probably don't like this movie as much is because we probably all saw it later in life. I think if we kind of watched Halloween and then watched The Fog and and had the same viewings, like the same amount of viewings as Halloween and The Fog, like we would probably love these in the same kind of juncture. like obviously Halloween is a better movie. I'm not saying that this is a better movie or even, even the same level of movie as Halloween. But I think if we saw it as kids, we would probably hold it in a little higher regard because if you really like, think about it like this. If, if, if you had never seen Halloween and you watched it right now, you would think it's boring. I guarantee you, you would think it was boring.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, we're also comparing it against his other films that, we cherish. So, you know, like when, when you're comparing uh, a director's films against his own movies, you know, it's a little unfair, you know, in the sense of you're comparing against some of his masterpieces that are just so great. Uh, But I, I really enjoy it. It, it, you know, it's got that Carpenter feel uh, Mm -hmm. of course. And, you know, particularly these older, uh, you know, earlier films from him and and I just love the vibe and I, I get more every time I see it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was fun to, to revisit it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't hate the movie by any means. And it's definitely, I would say it's right in the middle of the John Carpenter movies for me, but I really haven't made a list per se. Yeah.
2: I haven't either, but it's probably somewhere in the middle. Certainly I I, w- yeah. I can think of four or five right now that are better than it, but, um, yeah,
0: absolutely. Top yeah. Of my head, I mean,
3: I think it's probably in the bottom quarter of my list. Yeah so but it's
0: just well there's not not many to be had but let's take a top kill. top kills.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I get a little carried away. I love I love my top kills. Uh, intro there. It's
0: cool stuff. My favorite kill in this whole movie is the boat attack. Yep. And it's the I guess the captain of the boat when they're actually out on the on the deck, deck. and they're seeing everything. The sword coming through his torso
2: that is also mine i'll i'll spoil it that's mine as well that's
0: that shot is amazing and i don't i've i rewound it probably 10 times trying to figure out how they did that because and i and i I can't figure out how they did it man like it looks really freaking good and it looks like they stabbed that dude through the chest and
2: like we said earlier that's to me the, the 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 if you want to call it scariest part of the film that that is the most atmospheric the 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 score is is hitting perfectly right there for me and mm-hmm. and being on the deck of the ship, being outside in the fog. You know, a lot of people are getting killed in doorways and things like that in this movie. But they're yeah. outside, they're in the fog, and yeah, you feel very exposed and kind of scared there. And then that that stab. Yeah, I mean, I
0: kind of wish we would have got more stuff like on boats and out in the water. Yeah. and I wish I could have seen more of the ghost ship. Like that ship looks great when yeah. you see it in that scene. Yeah. There's yeah.
3: some
2: so. missed opportunities here for sure. Yeah.
3: Jason, uh, do you uh, got one? My top kill would just be uh, father Malone. Yep. I mean, cause I mean, you think that the movie's over, it's all yep. good. And he's just muttering like that. And I was out of nowhere. You get that. <laughs> yo. Off with his head.
0: This from- is when the villain comes back. For yeah. one last game.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs> but And, and I would do agree about the boat thing, because I like the one where I think he sticks the hook into the guy's neck. You know, like, yeah. yeah. That's pretty uh, gruesome, too. I like that. But, yeah, I just... The boat scene, I agree with you, but I would say other than that, is I just like the, the quick death of Father Malone, because he deserved it. Yeah. His, fa- his family is
2: to blame for all this. <laughs> he deserved it. <laughs> his Die! grandpa did something. He deserves it. Yes. Not, I don't know how fair that is, but... And he's drinking all the time. He never paid Ben. That's true. He, he didn't pay Ben off Bennett. of his head. You got a point. Yeah. You got a very good,
3: He never point paid there. the director. <laughs>
2: That's what <laughs> happens. You don't pay the director. You get killed on screen. There you go. Exactly. <laughs>
0: That's going to do it for our discussion about John Carpenter's the fog. Um, we'll be back again with another horror section for you. When we decide what movie it's going to be, we really are just kind of shooting from the hip with these,
2: but you guys got anything else before we close it out for the night? No, happy to, happy to watch uh, another Carpenter film with you guys, and uh, I'll be back when I can for these things, for sure. Yeah, we
0: like having Eric here talking about horror movies. It's fun. It's
2: fun. I love it. Glad we got to do another Carpenter
3: film. I mean, of course, I mean, nothing will ever beat Halloween. All of his other movies are definitely below him. But, yeah, this was a cool movie to revisit. Never watched it a lot, so uh, still kind of feel the same way about it. But, well, we will get to there's somebody that more i know that eric loves it so
2: we will we will get to some some of my more favorite carpenter films as as
0: definitely more john carpenter films to come from the
2: vhs they're fun to talk about too i don't know what it is about
0: you'll see a couple more in the horror section you'll see a couple more as the movie of the week as we go on Uh, You may even see one in like a little romance area if we start talking Starman. So, (laughs) um, yeah, there's no bones about it. We love John Carpenter here, and we'll talk about him whenever we get the opportunity. So until the next time, be kind, rewind. We'll see you on the next
2: horror section. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Antonio. It's over. It's
1: over. Get the fuck out.
0: You've been listening to the vhs files presents the horror section we drop new episodes every friday so make sure you're subscribed and leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast interact with us on all social media platforms at vhs files podcast email us your questions comments and movie suggestions at vhsfilespodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening and we'll be back
2: Michael Bay's Mexican cousin, Antonio. <laughs> Antonio. <laughs>